0: What up world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You'll listen to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked on sent you. Today is another edition, the latest edition of Mailbag Monday, our weekly mailbag show answering listener-submitted questions all episode long. There are two ways to get involved if you want to do so. First, you can tweet at me. For now, the address is still Locked On Blazers. That's at Locked On Blazers on Twitter. Uh, send me a tweet whenever you're thinking of it. it. Helps if you tag it as Mailbag or watch the skies Monday morning around 9 a.m. West Coast time when I send out a tweet soliciting questions. Respond to that tweet. I'll do my best to get you in a show. If you are not a Twitter user or someone who doesn't tweet, you can email the show LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. The address, again, is LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. That's the two ways to get involved. We do this each and every week. And without further ado, let's get into our first in a while uh, playoff edition of Mailbag Monday. The first question comes from Sean, who asks... I was wondering what lineup you think best favors Portland against Denver. I personally like our three-guard lineup with Rocco and Nurk, but the only problem I see with this is MPJ. He's too big to guard for our guards. Do we just eat that and take advantage of their poor guard play? Also, I would like to give Nurk props. In this last matchup, he balled out and didn't look bad against the Joker. Yeah, let's. Nurk was good in that game. Uh, he didn't shoot very well, but he was really good. Um, Uh, it's Jokic is a star so like him having 25 and 8 is just he's gonna have it he's a really good basketball player but I thought Nurk was really really good in that game Uh, what lineup do I like I mean I certainly like the Blazers best lineup I don't think there's like I don't think there's a lot to debate here I don't think there's hot takes to be had the Blazers starting group is probably is the, the Blazers starting group is not only their five best players it's also their best lineup um, you would like there to them to have a better lineup that didn't involve th- three six foot three dudes, but they don't, this is their best group. you got to play your best players. Um, you know, I think, I think there is reason to believe that Derek Jones jr. Could help specifically against someone like Michael Porter jr. In this series, but I just don't see him playing particularly early in the series. Um, he's, he's, you know, he lost a spot in the rotation. Terry has been riding with what looks like a playoff rotation for a Two and a half weeks, three weeks, uh eight eight players with the aforementioned starting group, and then Ennis Cantor, Carmelo, Anthony, Amphrey Simons. No reason to think uh Terry would change it up. It just it doesn't fit his MO. Um, it it doesn't fit sort of what they've been doing recently and they've been successful, closing the season on a 10-2 run to head into the playoffs like they're just gonna play uh, I rewatched a little bit of the Blazers April uh, matchup with Denver I started my rewatch today but I uh, got a little busy <laughs> at my day job so I could not watch basketball m- much basketball on my lunch break but I watched the first quarter and the Blazers pretty much guarded Denver straight up in that first quarter and that means that Robert Covington was on uh, Aaron Gordon and uh, Norm was on Michael Porter Jr. I think that's how they'll start. Uh, I think at some point it might make sense to put Rocco on Michael Porter Jr., but it also might make sense to put Rocco on the worst shooting Aaron Gordon so he can roam off and do what he does as a help defender. But um, yeah, I think the MPJ thing is one of the big questions. When I when I was writing down my like things to watch list, that will be an episode we do later, um, later in this week, the sort of how do the Blazers guard Michael Porter Jr. is a big question. He's 6'10", he can shoot it, he's a good offensive rebounder, he's a good defensive rebounder, he's a really good cutter, and uh, Jokic is so good at throwing the ball over the top if he gets the wrong-sized player on him and the Blazers just don't have the right-sized player to guard him, I mean, other than Derek Jones, and I just don't see that happening. Not that it's a bad solution, I just don't see the coaching staff going there, uh, at least in the first couple games. Next question comes from Rudy, who asks, Locked on Nuggets said the Nuggets have the best player in the series, do you agree? Probably. Uh, I don't think that's an indictment of Damian Lillard to say that he's he's not as good or hasn't been as good this year as Nikola Jokic. Um, you know, he's got a better body of work. Um, but Jokic is really, really good. Like, he's on pace to be an all-time great. Um, if he's not already there, he's, you know, one of the four or five best-passing big men of all time uh, and on his way to being the greatest-passing big man of all time. Like, with not, not just, like... Um, you know, prolific assist stuff, but just like all the passes he can make the types of passes he can make the way he sees the floor. Like he's just, he's elite. He's, he's an, he's in a, an average to above average defender. Like he's not a negative on a, on that end. Uh, the nuggets do a lot of trapping and blitzing because, uh, Jokic is just straight up more comfortable being more aggressive on defense, and they don't get burned. Um, in that, in the, you know, you'd think he'd be an only kind of drop back big, but he gets out there on the floor and runs around. He's a pretty good defensive player. He's obviously an elite offensive player. Uh, you know, shot 40% from three. He's impossible to guard. Yeah, I, I think he's the best player in this series. Um, and I don't like. I can understand. You know, li- you're listening to Locked On Blazers, and and you're mad about that take, but I don't think it's like that insulting to say that. Damien Lillard, who's like a first team All NBA type guy, is a little bit worse than the league MVP. Like i, I just <laughs> to me this does that doesn't even seem like that hot of a take. It just seems true. Um, you know, Dame has been one of the five best offensive players in the league and one of the worst defensive players in the league this year by some of the advanced metrics. That's not what uh Jokic is. He's he's been uh, you know, one of the five best offensive players in the league and then like an average defensive player. Um it helps to be taller. Uh it's it's and, and I'm not even just going all numbers on this one. Like, I mean Dame is really sensational. Like I, if if I had a vote, he would be I put him and Steph as my two guards on um on the all NBA first team and I put Jokic as the starting center or he's listed as a forward so maybe I'd sneak him in at forward and put Joel Embiid at center, but like I think these are, you know, five of the top six best players in the in the league this season. I think prior to this year, that would be like a raging hot take to say that Jokic was better than Dame. But I don't, I don't think that's, I, I think it's, yeah, I kind of, I think I agree after, after watching this season. And, and I don't think it's an insult to say, you know, Dame might be the fifth best player in the NBA, not the second or whatever it is. Next question comes from vegan mindset coach at mindset vegan, who asks, who's your X factor for each team between our trailblazers and the nuggets? I think you should have called them their nuggets. If you're going to go with the, uh, the pronouns thing. Um, I think the X Factor, like, X Factor always means, like, a, a, a lesser player, right? Like, I, in the X Factor in the 2019 series against the Nuggets, it was Rodney Hood. He came in and dominated a couple games and was fantastic at a game-winner in four overtimes, um, was, you know, a game-changer that you wouldn't expect. But, like, kind of the X Factor in that series was just how how gall-darn-good C.T. McCollum was. Um So it's like, is X-Factor just like which, you know, which star plays better? Which number two star plays better? Like, is the X-Factor just like who wins the battle between CJ and Michael Porter Jr.? Yeah, I kind of think that is what will decide the series. But if I had to pick like more traditional X factors, like in the mold of Rodney Hood from 2019, I'd probably pick Falco Campazo for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I think he's going to get the primary defensive assignment on Damian Lillard. Uh, he's a he's a pest on defense. He's he really really is. He's been you know since he's been in the starting lineup among the league leaders in steals. Uh, sort of the legend of Compazzo is that in the uh, Spanish, the uh, Spanish league, uh, you know, Spanish ACB league in the playoffs, that he would just become an absolute monster. Uh, he's won three championships over there. He was a Finals MVP one year in the in in the Spanish league. Like, uh, he, you know, the the sort of the great legends. And and I'm a, I like Fauku. I should just like, be be cl- upfront about that. You know, I love pass first point cards. He's a pass first point card. Um, you know, the legend is that he's just will take his game to the next level when when the game's on the line. We'll see what that means in the NBA playoffs it's it's certainly a little bit different but you know the assignment against dame and the role he's going to be asked to play i think he's definitely an x-factor for denver and i think for the blazers it's carmelo anthony like i think it's if you get you know the blazers are 14 and 5 this year when carmelo scores at least 18 points uh it's it's a stat i've been pimping out on here a whole bunch and i think it's you know i think it's a big one um Melo kind of does one thing well. He's just a really good scorer, and he doesn't do a lot else. And if and if he doesn't do a lot else, I don't. Th- you know, I still think he's going to play big minutes. I just think he, the Blazers are kind of locked into playing Melo a bunch of minutes, um, for good, or for better, or for worse. But. When he does, when he excels at the thing he does well, when he scores at a high level, the Blazers win. And I think that's might be what it takes for the Blazers to win this series. Like you're going to ha- they're going to have to defend at a higher level to, to win uh, as the underdog to win, you know, win a game in Denver and, and and you know, pull off the upset. But but it's to me, it's like if the Blazers get good mellow for four games, I think they'll win the series. If they get good mellow for two games, I don't think they'll win the series. Those those are my X factors. Next question is not a question, but a request from Tyler Buckland at Tyler Buckland on Twitter who says, I want a shout out for making us not play the Clippers. It was the plan all along. Yeah, Tyler Buckland, a longtime listener of the show and someone who is a regular listener and contributor on the locker room chats that I do each week on the locker room app has been saying that the Blazers are guaranteed to play the Clippers for like a month. Um, And I was like, why? Why does the math suggest that? You know, the the Nuggets are a game and a half back or a half game back at at a couple different points. And Tyler kept insisting that uh, the vibes were there, and it was going to be the Clippers no matter what, and the Blazers couldn't avoid it. And then, come Sunday, the final game of the regular season, the Blazers avoided it. So yeah, shout out to you, Tyler. Next question comes from Jess Beelman at Rev Doctor Beals on Twitter, who asks, "Is it time for some irrational confidence? Because I'm feeling it." Yeah, I think if there's ever a time to be confident about the Blazers, it's right now. They're playing their best basketball of the season. They got the best matchup they probably could have in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, this all the things are aligning. Their star player, Damian Lillard, um, he was prompted, but when asked about it, he started talking about championships on Sunday, you know, envisioning the championship parade. And if he's envisioning that championship parade going down Broadway, then you should too. Why not? Um I don't think, like, I don't share that irrational confidence, I should say. But, like, if you are going to have it and if you are going to ever tap into it, do it right now. This is the time to do it. Like, this is, this is, they get a week off they're playing good basketball they're playing a team that they can beat um this is this is the time to believe in this group it is not the time to like go look up old kevin o'connor tweets or whatever like if um you know so many people who follow this team and write about this team and talk about this team are kind of um you know filled with that hateration and holleration in the dancery and like get those get for for now get those people on out of here uh i i've made this joke before but like if you're a hater all you gotta do do is wait long enough and you'll eventually be right you know everyone loses everybody dies so just if haters you know biggest weapon is patience but screw those people for now let's let's it's if you're going to be irrationally confident if you're going to be feeling good about this team do it and do it right now do it exactly in this moment reverend doctor you know what to do All right, let's come back in the second segment and answer more of your questions. But first, let's talk about RockAuto.com. It's a family business that's been serving AutoBark customers online for 20 years. They've been doing it forever, and they make it easy for you. And most importantly, they make it inexpensive. That's that's what you're going to love about RockAuto.com. They got everything you're looking for. They've got a wonderfully easy-to-use website. The catalog's got everything you could possibly be looking for, and it's, it's... easy to just click through and find exactly what you want. You say, this is the kind of car I have, and they'll find you the parts that will fit your car. Then you can choose the prices based on the parts that they found. All of those things make it simple for you, and they're not going to mess around with the prices. There's not going to be, um, you know, a different price for professionals and a different price for if you know, someone just working in their driveway on the weekend. Uh, do-it-yourselfers, professional mechanics, you're all getting the same prices at rockauto.com. They make it simple, they make it easy, they save you money, so go to their website right now and find the parts you need for your car or truck, and while you're there, make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way, they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Oh. All right, let's keep it rolling on this Mailbag Monday. The next question comes from Jacob G on Hawthorne, who asks, Aaron Gordon was a big target for us. Instead, we got Norm Powell. Many people think Aaron Gordon has played badly, in quotes, in Denver. I think they're looking at raw traditional box score stats. While the Blazers have undeniably done well with Norm in the lineup. Imagine you could hold our current roster constant, but switch Norm for AG. Would you do it? Oof. uh, Yeah, I probably would. Yeah. Um, I don't think Aaron Gordon has been very good in in Denver. Uh, He's he's had his moments, and where he's absolutely best is when you can get him on a big wing defensively and he can lock in. Uh, You know, like give him Kawhi Leonard and he looks and he looks really good. He looks like a really useful part on that team. Like, like Denver has low key some, some pretty good defensive players. Um, you know, Falku and Aaron Gordon, uh, Shaq Harrison off the bench is an okay defensive player. Uh, Austin Rivers is a competitive defender. albeit be not a, not like a super, super good one. Like they, they've, they've got sort of the parts to get it done. Um, Michael Porter Jr. is taking huge steps on defense to, like, make them competent there. They've just, you know, since Jamal Murray has gone down, they've been better on defense. And I say that to say, like, the Blazers went from being a top five offense in the league to the best offense in the league. They leaned into what they do well. They said, you know, we're a bad defense we can't, you know, we're just we're really bad on defense. Let's see if we can just like m- sort of min max it, uh to use a, a nerd term. But like, you know, just like let's be the best at what we're already the best at. Let's lean into our strengths with Norman Powell, and that's what they did. Like they went since they had Norm back in the since they added Norm to the lineup, they've been the best offense in the NBA. But to me, the like your while that is a useful thing, and like it's undeniable they've been good and they're good with Norm. I'm I'm, I'm a Norm guy. Like I. I told y'all before the trade when the Blazers were just like rumored to be after him that that I I'm a, like I was a Norm fan in Toronto. I love I love his confidence. I love kind of the just like put your head down and decide to attack decisiveness. Um, some of it is like it's you know it's just easy to root for guys who who decide they're gonna shoot it because you're like give him the ball, let him shoot it. Um, but you know I, I I just like his game, so um, I'm not knocking Norm. But like if I were to try to make the Blazers better, a um, a big who can defend and pass a little bit like Aaron Gordon can could be really helpful um, Gordon isn't going to be a pick and roll partner in the way that he could be with the Blazers like he's not used in the same way in Denver like he would be in Portland. In Portland he'd be setting screens for Damian Lillard and rolling and making decisions out of the role. In Denver everything they do is based on basically Nikola Jokic handoffs like they're just running a, a kajillion handoffs and Gordon is a good cutter and and and, and a really has had some nice nights but he's just he's not being used in the same way and he's um and he just his shot has not has not come with him to denver so i would i would make the trade but i also agree with the people to say that that uh ag hasn't played particularly well in denver that said he's he's just gonna have a like a kick-ass series now that i've said that out loud right uh next question comes from brooke who asks There's a new NBA rule, for the sake of this question. Each team with a 1 through 10 seed can sign one player to a temporary playoff contract. That player must be from one of the teams that are mathematically eliminated from the 1 through 10 spots. So, Toronto, Orlando, Cleveland, Detroit, Oklahoma, Minnesota, and Houston. Who would the Blazers sign? So, I gave some consideration to. Shay Jules Alexander, just because I think he's really, really, really good. Uh, I think he's going to be a future all-star. And, and, you know, you just add, like, as much talent, even though the Blazers don't need guards. But then I was like, well, the Blazers don't need guards. I gave some thought to Jeremy Grant because um, of his defensive ability. He's shown, you know, grown his offense a little bit and all that. Um, I gave some consideration to Carl anthony Towns because he's a—dude is just a really, really, really good basketball player. But who I ended up landing on was Pascal Siakam. Uh, I think... I think he's I mean he's not the like the best sort of raw talent of all those players I mentioned but in terms of like what he, his level of play and what he would bring specifically to this Blazers with a a big who can play 3, I mean he's like a 4, but he could play a little 3 if you want to go gigantic. He can play 4, he can play small ball 5. Um he can score on his own, he can score as a complementary parts. Like he's he's the choice. He's I mean he's he's the Raptors best player this season with all due respect to Kyle Lowry, someone whom I've really Really re- enjoy and respect, but I think it's Siakam. Siakam would take the Blazers just to a whole nother level. I, I think uh, if in this playoff contract scenario, there might be a lot of teams gunning for Pascal. Uh, the defensive versatility, the 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 individual offense, all all of the things teams want, he does a little bit of it. Um, you know, he's not an elite shooter and he's not an elite ball handler or playmaker, but he does all of those things okay. And then he's like just six foot nine and strong. It helps. Next question comes from Tim, who asks, Mike, will the eight consecutive playoff berths save Terry Stotts this year, even if we just make it past the first round? Ari asks, how far in the playoffs do the Blazers have to advance for Coach Stotts to keep his job? And Joey at 772Joey asks, how deep of a playoff run do you think it will take to save Terry's job? All of you i um, eyeing eyeing ahead to someone potentially uh, losing their employments based on what happens over the next month. Um, I think the answer, well the answer to Tim's first question is no. The eight playoff berths have no impact. It's not what Terry has done. No one no one in, even in the Blazers organization thinks Terry is a bad coach. They just don't think he did a good enough job this year that it wouldn't be time to move on. Like that's what that's the beef, right? It's not that he's he's totally incapable. Like people who think he's totally incapable are just like people on Twitter. That's that's who's mad who that's who thinks Terry is like like the like the biggest dumb, dumb, dummy, um, ask people around the league. And for the most part, people think he's a pretty good coach. Um, you know, there are people like, I, I don't, I think Nate Duncan doesn't, you know, a, a NBA analyst and, and a guy who knows, um, a thing or two about the league is like, not, doesn't think, uh, Stotts is a particularly good coach, but, um, most of sort of like, I'm just thinking of like big national analysts who've spoken out about it. But like, I think most other people, the smart people I've talked to in media and and around the league, like think Terry's a pretty good coach. Um And even internally, I think the Blazers feel the same way. The answer is like, the the beef is that he just hasn't been able to take the Blazers the next step and then they they had this sort of this you know hamster wheel thing again where they struggled early and had to put it you know put it all in in you know play their best basketball at the end of the year etc cetera, etc cetera, and, and there's some frustration around that so nothing about like his career <laughs> at, like you know eight straight playoff berths like nothing about sort of career accomplishments is going to save him it's all about what he does going here from here on out and I think at a minimum, and this is just like a vibe, like I've been telling y'all, I thought Terry was going to get fired before it was reported just based on sort of my vibe from being around the team and in a couple Zooms and talking to, um, you know, just kind of seeing what the the media world was like, um, you know, and and how Terry was handling it. And my vibe now, my vibe, just reading the vibes, is that it would be something like get into the Western Conference Finals and be relatively competitive. Like even if the Blazers had a had a repeat of 2019 where they you know they they beat Denver and it's a really nice series and then they they advance to play Phoenix and they and they beat Phoenix in the second round and okay here we go we're rolling and they get smoked in the in the uh, Western Conference Finals by Utah or something like that I think it would be the same thing like I I think like I think a western conference I think a western conference finals at a minimum and like being competitive in the western conference finals is probably what it would take like I think there is momentum to see what the Blazers can be with a fresh voice I don't think that that's wrong or irresponsible or even irrational but I just think that's like the direction this is headed and um I <laughs> I think uh that's like sort of the minimum it will take for the Blazers to get there is, you know, a Western Conference Finals run and, and being competitive in that run. Um, you know, the the stars have a line to allow for something like that to be possible. I don't think it's impossible to, to see that happening. Uh, but that's a lot. Those are a lot of wins. Eight, eight playoff wins is a whole, whole, whole bunch. Next question comes from Brad Winningham at bwits99 on Twitter who asks, Hey Mike, do you think it's worth me betting my house on a championship this postseason on betonline.ag? Well, it's funny you should ask that because uh, betonline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including this Portland Trailblazers playoff run. And right now, if you go to betonline.ag and you check out the playoff odds to win the 2021 Western Conference and the 2021 NBA Championship, you can get some pretty juicy odds. To win, for the Blazers to win the championship. I assume this is in reference to that person who claimed that they had bet their house, uh, they were gonna lose their house if the Blazers didn't win 42 games. It's like an internet person, and then it turned out that they had bet $200 on the Blazers winning 42 games. So if you want to bet that sum of money or a much larger sum of money, you can do that on BetOnline.ag. Like I said, fastest and easiest way to place your bets, and right now you can get the Blazers to win the West for plus twenty-five hundred. That's that's those are juicy, juicy, juicy odds for the Blazers to make the the uh, to make the finals and to win the finals plus five thousand. So if you were interested in making this the both of those bets, Brad, say you're going to you're going to cash in on both because you're betting abilities are to win the championship, you might as well bet them to win the West too. Say you're going to put the $200 on that. You're winning $10,500. That's a that's I mean that's not a house. Um it's it's not even a super nice car, <laughs> but it's a it's a used vehicle. You've got yourself a reliable used car for that kind of money. Um yeah, th- I'm not giving you betting advice. I'm merely telling you that you can go to betonline.ag right now and find action on NBA futures bets, you can find action on baseball, hockey, the playoffs started today in the NHL, uh horse racing, fighting sports, reality TV, everything you could possibly imagine. Not just Blazers betting odds, but you those are certainly available to you there. So if you want to get involved, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON and you will get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. The promo code is locked on. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked On Blazers, and we're still cruising through Mailbag Monday. This next question comes from East Coast Blazers fan Rip City at WV Blazers Fan, who asks, "Do you think D.J.J. is gone next season? He's not getting the playing time." Rip Riles, at Ryles Rip on Twitter asks, "Will Derek Jones Jr. be with the Blazers next season?" And what both of you are are wanting to know, I think, is an interesting question because Derek Jones Jr. has a player option for next season for around nine million dollars. Blazers signed him to the full mid-level exception this year with uh, you know, a, a one plus one where he's able to opt in and, and uh, get get his money if he wants it or opt out and hit free agency and go uh, pursue other options should he choose to do so. Um, smarter people than me, when I asked them about the Derrick Jones Jr. signing, said that it was kind of an overpay by the Blazers, that they didn't think he would have gotten $9 million out in the open market anywhere else in the league uh, considering the market last year. And... Uh, I haven't sort of checked in with with those folks that would know that type of thing. But um, I assume that that he hasn't done enough this year to uh, raise his market value. So the market may change a little bit and maybe nine million is about right. Like it'll correct for him. I, I still think it's like probably like a slight overpay. But, um, you know, a team would have to be willing to pay him for his, you know, for be willing to give him multiple years for it to really be worth it for him to opt out. Or he just wants a change of scenery because he didn't get to play here. I'll say for, for, um, from just my observations, Derek Jones jr. Hasn't, um, still seems to have a pretty positive attitude. He's still engaged on the bench. You know, he's not mo Harkless over on the bench where he's just like totally, you know, dejected and, and checked out. He's, he's engaged, he's clapping, he's smiling, he's high fiving like, he's, he's part of the team still, um, even with this trying situation, uh, Jason Quick wrote a story in The Athletic detailing as much that kind of Damian Lillard was noticing that Derek Jones was like still engaged and that was like a, a meaningful thing to, to Dame. I'm, I'm not going to give you the uh, Jason's talking points. Just subscribe to The Athletic and, and and read what he writes. He's really good at it. So um, if I had to bet, I'd say yes, uh, particularly if they change the coach. Maybe a different coach will um, will allow for Derek to have a different role. Like I think a better, I think a different coach, I'm not even going to say better coach. I think a different coach could get more out of Derek Jones, but I also think like he wasn't super good this year. I don't think I like, I think Terry gave up on him to an extent that I Am surprised by, but I don't think Derek Jones was like so good that he, um, you know that he's like totally getting screwed or something like that. He just has a, he just he's lost his place in the rotation in kind of a surprising way and kind of a dramatic way. But like I I've never been when I watch him I've never been like damn he needs to play every single night because he's this elite defender. That's just not what I'm seeing. Uh, I know other people disagree with me, but that's that's not what I'm seeing and. um so if I had to guess, I would say, you know, Derek Jones much more likely to be back next year than, um, than Terry Stotts. But if he would decide to leave and go somewhere, would he have like a, a more guaranteed role? Uh, I mean, he had a really guaranteed role to start the year in Portland. So uh, you just never know with that kind of thing. Then, then I could see him leaving. But I, I, I kind of think Derek will be back because I kind of think they'll have a new, new coaching staff. And um, it's $9 million. Next question comes from Blake Bataro at Ball Don't Lie 77 on Twitter, who asks, "Watching Nurk post his man up only to toss up a half-ass shot is really frustrating to watch. He's the biggest guy on the court, so having a post game would be huge. Would you choose to? Who would you choose to bring in to work with Nurk to build a killer post-up game?" Two quick things here. One, this was Yusuf Nurkic's best finishing season that he's had in a Trailblazers uniform. This is the best he's ever finished around the rim. And yet, uh, his 54.2%, according to NBA.com, was still slightly below league average, at 50, which is 58.3. Um, still not a league average finisher, but um, certainly way better than he has been in in seasons past. Uh, I don't think, uh, you know, he's he's... According to Basketball Reference, he shot uh, under 50% inside three feet last season. Um, he just he just doesn't make layups. In 2017-18, he shot 46% inside three feet. Um, that is really something. He's always been a bad finisher. Who so would I bring in? I think the guy you always bring is bring in is Hakeem Olajuwon because he's the one who like um, you know teaches you. Uh, like the nifty footwork and stuff. But I don't even think uh, Nurk's problem is footwork. I think Nurk's problem is like concentration and, um, and just like going up strong. So I think the guy I would bring in is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, get Nurk a skyhook and get Nurk kind of that sort of like Zen worldview of, of, of Kareem. I think um, he's he has like some sort of uh, gravitas and um, perspective that would really, would really speak to Nurk. And it would be fun to see him throw up a bunch of skyhooks. So I'll go with Kareem. Next question comes from Tamterius, the Greek at TamDeGreek on Twitter who asks, Since 2016, the Blazers have only been eliminated by Draymond Green and Anthony Davis teams. Do you think that against teams without such elite mobile rim protectors and with the Blazers' improved shooting, the get-the-ball-out-of-Dame's-hands tactic is going to be less effective or maybe even eradicated? Um, uh, it, I think in theory uh, it will be a little bit... Um, a little bit better because a lot of it is not just is not that first line of defense. It's after Dame makes a decision, um, you know, is is the guy in the middle Nurk making a quick smart pass, and then are the guys um, that they he swing it to make you know capable of hitting shots. But now the Blazers don't just have guys capable of hitting shots, and I think this is key: having Norm, a guy you can swing it to who can then drive and then penetrate off an advantage and either score or create an advantage. So then the defense is scrambling, swing, swing, maybe even find Dame again off that. Sc- scramble i think that's that's the real advantage i do think you know draymond is the best at sort of ruining the blazers plans and anthony davis seems to be the guy who always makes nurk look terrible um you know they're two of the best they're hall of fame caliber players right both of them will be in the nba hall of fame so uh yeah playing against playing i think i do think both the blazers upgraded personnel which should be able to address that um and uh and the lack of like super mobile defenders with the Nuggets, who did do a really good job against Dame in the playoffs in 2019, I'll say, and have, have generally guarded him okay, and are definitely going to blitz him and play hard. They play a really aggressive defense. We're going to see it. Um, it won't be eradicated, but it in theory it should be less effective, but I kind of think this is the test for them, right? Is that... Um, it's not just like, sometimes I I even think against like the Lakers last year, like the, the Blazers, you know, everyone's like, I can't believe Terry Stotts hasn't solved the traps. Well, I think some of those times the Blazers did the right thing. You solve the trap, you get it to Nurk. He looks weak side. Who does he see? Wenyan Gabriel. Well, that's not great. (laughs) or he sees, who does he see weak side CJ? Well, you know, the decision, what CJ is going to make, he's going to shoot, he's going to dribble. He's going to take his time. Uh, if the ball swings in the same situations to Mello, you kind of, his, his decision-making is a little bit slower. Like some of it is personnel. Um, I, I don't think it's all personnel. I think the Blazers could be more creative. I think they could, you know, in late game stuff, be smarter about kind of how they get Dame the ball in situations, uh, to, to leverage, uh, uh, the trapping and stuff. I think Dame could be a little bit smarter about um, how he kind of sometimes waits to attack and then accepts the double team and then gets his own teammate kind of against the clock with with sort of the way he likes to read because not everyone can read the defense at the same level as Dame can. And, you know, you're getting the ball to guys who aren't, who aren't as sort of adept at breaking down defense at the speed you are. So yeah, I, I think in theory, um, I, I agree with you, uh, Tam Degreek. Greek, like this is, this is about right. Like Less mobile defenders, better personnel, the Blazers should be better at it, but this is still going to be the formula for Denver, and they've been pretty effective with it, and um, I would say jury jury remains out. Next question comes from Zach at Zach11Clark on Twitter who asks, Everyone always asks you what's your top five Blazers, but I want to ask you what's your least favorite five players that played for the Blazers. RW asks, Who are your two least favorite players in the last 20 years? Blazers... In the last 20 years, it could be for any reason, but an explanation, of course, would be great. For what it's worth, mine are Jamal Crawford, Kent Bazemore, and Wesley Matthews for his bitterness that we did not re-sign him after he tore his Achilles, etc. Wow, not liking Wesley Matthews. That is, I love it. I love going against the grain. Um... I think it's curious that two different people want to know who I dislike. Uh, I don't even think people ask me who my favorite Blazers are. Like, they, a lot of times they ask me, like, who is the best Blazer at this thing? And I give them my opinion. Or who have been, like, guys who have been cool to cover? Um, So I'll give you my guys who haven't been cool to cover. I thought Hassan Whiteside was an absolute chore to deal with. Like, um, he... He was either incapable or unwilling to take personal responsibility. Uh, he was just, he spoke an idiom sometimes. Um, he it, it, he was just a chore to deal with like it was you wanted to write something insightful because he's like the big question mark of the whole season like what's going on with this dude and then you try to you know dig into what's going on with him and it's just totally he's just impossible to reach or, or speak to he was really difficult for me to deal with as just as like a, in a professional capacity he was goofy and funny like he made me laugh but um, just like if you're trying to like really kind of uh, get below the surface with with you know telling stories which is what I, I what I aim to do um what it was really challenging uh Robin Lopez was challenging he just didn't like to talk about basketball so um, if you asked him about other stuff he was cool but like if you needed to write about the basketball game he was pretty challenging uh, Thomas Robinson was he just didn't like media <laughs> like um so he was he was hard to he he could be hard to deal with he wasn't like mean or anything he just like he just wasn't um It wasn't his thing. (laughs) He didn't want to do it. Um, uh, I thought Gary, for his first year, was really quiet and hard to deal with. Not because he was mean, just because he was quiet. Um, So he wasn't my least favorite by any means. Gary, like Gary Trent was cool as hell, but he just, um, like, kind of a difficult cover in that way. Um, So I think those are some of the guys. I haven't really, you know, the Blazers, in my time around them, you know, dating back to the 2014, about seven seasons. Uh, I was around the team a little bit before that, but not like in an everyday capacity. They haven't really had a lot of jerks, honestly. Like, LaMarcus Aldridge was maybe a jerk, um, but I didn't, I was only around him for a year and I kind of didn't know any better. I thought like maybe that was how guys are. And maybe that is how guys are. They just don't want to do media. Um, I get it. But like, they haven't really had any jerks. They mostly had the cool guys. Like even the guys who were a little bit eccentric and weird, like Robin Lopez was cool if you wanted to talk about The Simpsons. Uh, Chris Kamen would talk about anything, but he wasn't like maybe like super down for um, like the process of media. Um, you know, S- Steve Blake for sort of his like reputation as being maybe a little unruly was cool. Like I always got. Um, he was always good, and like everyone, um, I-, I really feel lucky to have been around the groups I've been around because I I think even guys who were like, you know, I'm complaining about Hassan Whiteside, but like he wasn't, he wasn't rude. He just wasn't a very good interview. And he was consistently a bad interview. Like that's, that's like what frustrated me. Um, You know, and that's why I say like, I've really enjoyed, I've really enjoyed talking to Carmel Anthony. He's a kick-ass interview who like, you know, looks you in the eye and answers your questions and is thoughtful. Um, That's why I've said I've really enjoyed, you know, working with Dame all the years I have because he's just incredible with the media. Um, So, I mean, some of it is just like, who makes my job? Who in the past, when it was like you know in the locker room like who makes the job easier um so i don't think i have guys who i like dislike and i think a lot of the credit for just like dudes being cool or whatever it is like easy to work with is just, really is some of it is just dame like he's he he does not um he sets the tone for being respectful and really good with the media and so other guys aren't going to be like total jerks they might not be interested like Mo harkless would be like nope don't want to talk see ya but he wasn't mean he's just like not today bye and then he'd laugh like um and it's so it's like you know you might get a little frustrated because you're like trying to do the job but no one's gonna be no one's gonna be outright rude right to your face there's people who just didn't want to maybe didn't want to do it but i i don't think i don't think i've developed i don't think in like a professional capacity i've developed like really a like a true dislike for anyone that i've that i've covered or been around with the blazers uh outside of maybe getting mad at terry stotts a handful of times That is going to do it for this edition of Mailbag Monday. Uh, If you have a question in the future, tweet at me at LockedOnBlazers for now. Uh, Mike T. Rich still in Twitter limbo we'll see what happens <laughs> with that Twitter account uh, it's pretty frustrating on my end but it doesn't affect you just tweet at me at LockedOnBlazers email the show LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com uh, we got a bunch of fun bl- uh, playoff preview stuff coming later this week uh, Matt Moore of the Action News Network and Locked On Nuggets is going to join the show uh, I'm trying to get a couple Portland media members but haven't locked them down but you know the text the text and emails are out so I'm trying to make it happen uh, you know I want to get a bunch of different viewpoints on the show we've got this time before um, before the playoffs start and why I want to make the most of it because it's going to be a lot of fun so we'll have preview shows you know storylines to watch um, I'm going to you know finish watching the Blazers Nuggets matchups from this year and give you my sort of deeper scout coming later this week so it should be a lot of fun great time to get on board great time to tell your friends about this podcast uh, it's always a great time to do that but why not now because now the games really matter just tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts just search locked on Blazers wherever that is and we will be there waiting for you appreciate you listening talk to you soon